This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, April 22nd, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who never skips back day at the gym, Jerem Jordan. You know what? Uh, if I went to the gym, that would probably be a thing. J.J. and Wigway put out some pictures of his back. He looks like the Hulk now. Like, holy mackerel. It's, it's funny to see what these guys can do when they don't have class because <laughs> then they just get shredded. It's like, wait, could we do this and have class? Yeah, how, how do we make this happen while the athletes are at BYU? They just don't have time, I guess, to be constantly lifting, right? And and listen, when you're preparing for a job, you're very focused, right, to make money. It's one thing to, uh, you know, play college football and you give your heart and soul, but you also have a social life. You also have an academic life, right? Uh, When uh, when you're preparing to, quote, get paid, you ain't thinking about those things as much, are you? Certainly not. And speaking of guys that are hoping to get paid and getting shredded, we have a loaded show lineup today, including former BYU football star Austin Lee. He is the highest-graded player on the BYU football team in 2019, according to our friends at Pro Football Focus. Does he expect to be drafted? The best to ever wear the jersey number two at BYU also discussed. Plus, Will Stanley of your number one-ranked BYU men's volleyball team. Is he coming back for another year after his All-American senior season was cut short? Please tell me he's coming back. I bet he is. Uh, and tomorrow would be the MPSF semifinals probably in Provo. I still have that stuff in my calendar. I'm like, you know, piano music and like a violin starts playing and like a little tear comes out. Oh, that's brutal. You haven't deleted it out of your calendar yet. No, not yet. <laughs> well, it's automated. Yeah. Oh, that's hard. That is hard to see for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to happier things, huh? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Mark Pope is the top name on the CBS Sports list of 2019's most immediately successful hires. Cougars went 24-8, took second in the WCC, were ranked in the top 25 for the first time in nine years, and would have been a sixth seed in most credible projections. The new BYU-Utah basketball extension has a $250,000 buyout clause in the contract. That's, of course, up from the oft-discussed Larry 80K buyout in 2016. BYU, fun fact, leads the all-time series against the Utes, 131 wins to 129. Is that according to BYU or Utah? Doesn't matter. I think they, well, yes, they it does. They we, pro- we probably come from the BYU angle, right? The NCAA announces college football rule changes. Among them, a player ejected for targeting can remain on the sideline rather than be sent off with a scarlet letter off the field. You know what I mean? I like that rule. Instant replay will be limited to two minutes, except reviews that are exceptionally complicated or involve end-of-game issues should be completed as efficiently as possible without a stated time limit. Good luck on that being all 50 shades of gray. Yeah, the referee's going to need to make that exact quote if he wants more than two minutes. (laughs) Uh, Reviews that are... No. (laughs) Only two players can wear the same number now. They can't be on the same field at the same time, but on the sideline, right? Um, And now the number zero can be worn. Okay. All right. Now the referee's uh, jurisdiction starts 30 minutes earlier as well than 90 minutes before kick instead of 60. We'll share our opinion of these rule changes coming up later in the show. The referees have to work a little bit harder to earn that money, apparently. Well, there's like scuffles 
between 90 and 60 minutes before or something. I don't know. I That's typically when I start a ruckus. Like, I go, I'm like, there's no refs here. Rule of law is gone. Is that in the handbook? Yeah. Uh, between 90 and 60 minutes before kickoff, if you want to have a scuffle, that's you, the time You go to do it. it. Go scuff up that's the That's the uh, time. Yeah. Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson, remember him? He says, no football or any other sport for that matter will happen this fall in the Mountain West if campuses are not open to students. Basically, he's saying no empty stadiums and no empty classrooms or we're out. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see how this evolves as, as uh, the conversation continues to evolve with how sports will be affected in the future. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, Mark Pope is number one, according to CBS Sports. Let's double down on the news we just mentioned about BYU's charismatic wonderfully expressive, uber-talented, and partially crazy basketball coach. He took a program that went 19-13 and 13 and didn't earn a spot in the NIT and turned it into a top-15 program nationally. Had arguably the nation's best offense, factually the nation's best three-point shooting team, traversed a ridiculous nine-game suspension of his best player, brought Jake Toulson back, recruited Alex Barcelo to BYU, maneuvered several key injuries to key players, and still had BYU as a projected six seed in the NCAA tournament. Oh, and the Cougars would have been headed back to the dance for the first time in five years. Jerem was Mark Pope's first year, the greatest opening year of any coach in BYU athletics history. It's up there for sure. It was incredible. What Mark Pope did with the team that didn't even make the NIT, didn't play in the postseason at all, was unbelievable. And how fun was it? However, I don't think that it's the, the answer to the question. Really? The greatest first-year head coach in BYU history was Gary Croton. Whoa! In 2001. Hear me out. BYU gets the OC from the Bears. He had had some success at Louisiana Tech uh, in his second year there. Uh, he had a little-known DB coach by the name of Bronco Mendenhall, who later joins him at BYU when he becomes the head guy. BYU was 6-6. Six and six. Got a miracle win at Utah. Luckily, uh, review wasn't there because Luke Staley definitely fumbled. Otherwise, BYU's 5-7 and seven that year. <laughs> but it was a miracle, and it was awesome. BYU starts the season 12-0, and and they lead the nation in points per game and total offense that year. 46.8 and 524 yards a game. It was awesome, man. 12-0, and amazing. BYU has this uh, game rescheduled from 9-11 to uh, against Mississippi State to after the end of the regular season, after the Utah win, wins the Mountain West. BYU's 11-0. Luke Staley breaks his leg in that game, oh. and that changes everything. BYU got as high as 8 in the AP poll, 12 in the BCS. Luke Staley breaks his leg. BYU then loses 72-45 at Hawaii. 72 is the most points BYU's ever given up, by the way. Hawaii was pretty good, 9-win team that year. And then uh, 28-10 loss in Liberty Bowl to a 10-win Louisville team. So Luke Staley kind of changes things for the season. I think if he plays, that BYU has a legit shot to finish undefeated because he won the Doak Walker Award, and he was so good, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Luke Staley led the nation in rushing TDs, TDs from scrimmage, and points. He won the Doak Walker Award. Now here's my argument for why Gary Croton deserves this as opposed to anybody else. And Mark Pope's season is like right there, right? It's um, unbelievable. Imagine if a Luke Staley type on the men's basketball team had suffered a season-ending injury 
way late in the season. I, I would dare say the equivalent would be, like, had BYU played the NCAA tournament, like, in the WCC tournament, if Yoli Childs or Jake Toulson had gone down with something that d- d- blew up everything and they kind of stumbled to the finish a little bit. Yes, Yoli had a midseason thing and they overcame that, but um, I, I think that I think in football it's harder to have a season like this than basketball. We've seen randos have amazing basketball seasons and in uh, Loyola Chicago and VCU and, and Butler and whatever. I think it's harder in football to do what BYU did, especially coming off the legendary Lavelle Edwards last year. Yeah, there is something to that, but Mark Pope is coming off the legendary Dave Rose as well, who set the precedent at BYU. Who had a 6-6 six and six season of sorts, right? 19-13, and 13, the worst in his career. And for me, 2001, an incredible football season, but I am left a little bit with the taste of, well, who did BYU beat that season? Who did they have on the schedule? I'm channeling my inner Bryant Gumbel in 2001. So I give a little bit of an edge to Mark Pope because BYU beat some real teams and he traversed so many of those challenges. So I'm going with 2020 BYU basketball. Top five team, in my opinion, all time in BYU basketball history. No argument there. First time BYU had won eight straight West Coast Conference games. Single-digit seed projected in the tournament. They were nationally relevant for the first time in forever. Since, really, Jimmer Fredette, they were they were in that realm. Not quite to Jimmer Mania, but they were in the realm of being nationally relevant like that. They beat Gonzaga at home in the most epic senior night ever. Mark Pope rallied not just his team, but an entire fan base coming off just a super downer of a season. He made BYU basketball special again in one season following the great Dave Rose. He brought the right staff. It made all the difference. Mark Pope worked miracles. The fact that he got Jake Toulson to come over, Yoli Childs to come back, and then work through a nine-game suspension. Oh, and a finger injury. Jake Toulson's banged up. Zach Selyus hurts his ankle in Spain. Dalton Nixon messes up his leg. He worked through all of it. He figured it out. He made Colby Lee great. He brought the swagger back to Mr. Selyus. Mark Pope re-energized this team in a way that you know, I hoped he would, but he surpassed my expectations by a long oh, shot. Oh, yeah, and it's going to be hard for him to have a better year than that at BYU. I know. Like, you don't want to peak early, but, you know, he's very ambitious. That was It was such a good year. Let me tell you the biggest miracle of all, though. A BYU running back winning the dope. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's so many amazing things um, for those first years. And it's nice because a lot of people say it takes time. It takes time to a step. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you can go bang right away. 12-0 and 0 from Gary Croton. If Luke Staley doesn't break his leg, it's different. BYU right away with Pope. Bang, first year. Amazing. They beat Houston. It doesn't always take they a long time. They beat Gonzaga. They beat a good Utah State. They beat people. It was fantastic. How dare you disparage Tulane and, <laughs> and Tom Homo's cow. You know, and Wyoming. It just no. They li- listen. A hallmark of excellent BYU football teams is that they didn't really play anybody. You know what I mean? Eighty-four didn't play anybody, unfortunately, and they won all the games, which is awesome. Now, I do want to mention something very quickly before we move on, Jerem, and that is Steve Cleveland did an amazing job taking over a program that went one and twenty-five. Yeah. Okay, so while he didn't get the accolades of going to the tournament, that was one that I thought of, and uh, also Heather Olmstead takes over for her brother, Sean, and takes BYU women's volleyball back to the Sweet 16 in her first season. Yeah. 
I mean, it, they, it, it, it's people that it's like, oh, it takes time. It, like sometimes, sure, but that's an. Look, we just named multiple people that just do it in the they first do it. year. They just did it. You just you take the other players, you add a little bit, and then you add to it. It's awesome. Yeah. Topic two, and regarding uh, BYU football, it's not every year, but it's most seasons. Topic two, big deal, no deal. The buyout in the BYU-Utah basketball series being raised from 80000 to 250000 according to Jay Drew of the Deseret News, obtaining the contract. Uh, typically, I would say that a $170,000 increase in a contract is a big deal. That's what I asked for this year. But it's no deal because it's not going to be broken. It's just a number. They wanted to inflate it so that it won't be broken. You so don't think? You th- don't think? This just There's tells me chance. that BYU and Utah will play this series. They're not breaking <laughs> it if they bump it up $170,000. So to me, that's the bigger deal is that they want to play this game and they're going to seriously penalize one of the other teams, if it's broken. So the bigger deal to me is that uh, th- I feel like this game has been solidified and it's not going to be broken, not by Larry ADK or anybody else. <sighs> There's a fun fact that's not fun if you're a Utah fan and you're probably not watching if you are. Um, Larry Kruskoviak makes uh, more than Kyle Whittingham. Uh, Larry Kruskoviak <laughs> makes 3.57 mil according to, season. according to the internet. And Kyle Whittingham makes 3.3 mil. That makes no sense. Um, it'd be the program that pays for it, of course, but Larry could pay out of his own pocket if he wanted. And I think he did, question mark, on the one before. Yeah, so, um, yeah, great. It's 250, whatever. You can, you, there's no contract on earth that you can't get out of. There's no co- like, all of them can end, right? You're right. Ask it's, my parents' divorce. Like, every contract can be it's, broken. It's going to be a severe penalty, so, though. So, <laughs> 250K ain't nothing when you're hauling in 3.57 mil a year. Okay? I don't They're going to play. There was too much backlash uh, against Utah and to, for them to do this again. Mark Harlan, the new athletic director after they Chris Hill play said, this game. yes, we need to play it. It matters to us. He said that about football as well, right? So that, that's good because they used to play twice a year on each other's home courts, sometimes three, right, um, in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Uh, back in the day, and even the whack. So, yeah, the 250, great, whatever. I've got a bonus big deal, no deal for you, Jerem. You got a bonus? Yeah. yeah, yeah these yeah. guys are getting bonuses. Big deal, no deal. Utah is tarping off the upper oh. bowl in the Huntsman can we, Center. Can we talk about how pathetic that is? Listen, that's not going to happen for the gymnastics team, though. No, they sell out. The, the Red Rocks, they're going to stuff the Huntsman still. But for basketball on certain games. Capacity is limited now to 8,500. That to me is a way bigger deal than raising this contract to two hundred and fifty thousand. That I like. I'm really surprised. Like, why can't Utah get the homies to the Huntsman? They've had a good basketball program over the years. I don't. I don't understand it. I thought you played in the mighty Pac-12, and every game mattered. Arizona and UCLA, Oregon. There's some good teams there, man. We got like Pepperdine and. And Santa Clara, and you got and you can't even put some butts in seats. What's your problem? Tarping it off when you go into Home Depot and grabbing some tarps and roping them. Bungee cord. This is a consensus big deal then? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I get a lot of things. I don't get this one. I do not understand it. 3.57 million. I will will give the tickets away before I will tarp off the upper bowl. You're paying a dude 3.57 mil and you can't get people in the upper bowl? I will give the tickets away. Hey, just come to the game for free before I will tarp it off and not I can, even give people the option. I came to option. a few of those when BYU was 1-25. Right? The yes. only win that year, by the way, 
Utah State. <laughs> Shout out to the Aggies. Shout out to FarmersOnly.com. Our question of the day. Which BYU coach had the best first year as head coach in BYU athletics history and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU Game Day, answers. Gary Croton and Mark Polt both had similar first years. Both were coming off a bad season and loaded with seniors. Croton led the Cougars to a 12 and 2 record. Pope had a 24 and 8 record against rivals. Croton 3 and 1, Pope 3 and 4. I've got to give the edge to Croton. Yes, but who are the rivals and how talented are they in each of those sports in the given year? We're talking about the number 2 ranked Zags and a great St. Mary's Yeah, team that was as well. that was a better win, but yeah, the whole season. And listen, if BYU had gone to the NCAA tournament and gone to the Sweet 16 or something, it's probably going to be hoops. We just don't know the answer there. Coming up, who was the best to wear at jersey number two? And former BYU football standout Austin Lee. He's healthy now, getting ready for the NFL draft. Does he expect to be drafted? This is BYU Sports Nation. 3.57 mil. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, we have a brand new BYU Sports Nation special, play-by-replay of the football win at Tennessee in double overtime this year with Kalani Sataki, Mike Simon, and Brady Christensen. It's Friday on BYU TV and BYU Radio at noon Eastern Time. We're doing a live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. It is now our opportunity and pleasure to welcome in an NFL hopeful, former BYU football standout Austin Lee via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Austin, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. What's life like at your house, or I should say in your car right now, with social distancing and quarantine measures in place? Man, it's crazy. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm luckily able to still kind of get a workout in and stuff, but I'm home a lot more often. Uh, and, you know, being home more often, that's kind of why I had to get out here in the car. It's kind of a circus sometimes at home, but, but they're, they're fine. They're, they're, they're a blast. And we, we just try to, you know, do what we can um, to entertain those kids. And sometimes we go outside a lot more and just walk when it's a, when it's a nice day, but it's a crazy time, isn't it? It it is crazy, and luckily I'm not. Uh, you know, I have a ton of respect for school teachers. The homeschooling element of this is insane. I'm glad I don't have to do that regularly. I really respect teachers. Um, explain to people why you're wearing a red hat because it's BYU, right? We we are red sensitive. Yeah, so not the red that you're you're hoping or thinking of, but it's it's a Fresno State hat. It's it's. Uh, I was able to go to the Shrine game um, and. Our equipment manager, Mick, he, he was able to give me quite a bit of uh, gear to be able to go out and trade. And so a lot of guys traded gloves, stickers, um, hats, shirts, and, and just whatnot. And so this is just one of the items that I was able to, to pick up off the table and from, from some, some of the teammates out there. And so it was a good experience for sure. No grad transfer eligibility. You're not going anywhere else. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Austin Lee with us on BYU Sports Nation. You brought up the East-West Shrine game. What did you learn from that experience, and what kind of things are you hearing from NFL scouts after your performance in that game? It, it, it was a good experience. Um, I felt like the game, it was, a, it was a little bit different for safeties. Like, as a free safety play, we, play, we did a lot of nine-on-seven on practices at, out there. The practices are what matters most, and 
um, doing a lot of nine on seven, being a free safety, you're not in the action too much. And so uh, I just controlled what I could, could control. And that was my effort, right? And and being able to run the ball as hard as I could and, and just being able to pick up the defense as, as best as possible. Because I was hoping we do a little bit more one-on-one so that I could um, go out there and just perform and showcase my talents and abilities. But unfortunately, that we, we only had a few reps at those. And it was a good experience overall, though. I mean, you, you got to go there. You got to talk to um, a lot of teams, like a ton. Uh, most all the teams were there. Uh, so I, I heard great feedback. Um, you know, just it was just a very good experience for me to go out there and showcase abilities and um, just just be there. Let's talk about some of the feedback you got from, uh, say, Pro Football Focus, which we both really respect in terms of the credibility that they bring in evaluating film. They had you uh, with zero TDs allowed this year and a total of 25 yards allowed after the catch. You were also top 20 in overall grade and coverage. Um, what did you think of those numbers? Man, it, it was good to kind of see, right? Because a lot of times at free safety, you're just you're not always – productive i guess you could say like i mean there's there's plays that come and and when they come you can control what you can to just be a trustworthy guy but sometimes you're just you're just there and you just try to control and and see and put guys in the right spots and the right plays and i felt like that was kind of my responsibility is just to make sure everyone was doing their job just being able to see the see the picture and so being able to get some recognition like that was a was really exciting to see and made me happy obviously so um it, it gave me an added confidence, but I, uh, it, it was good to be able to see that, like, like you guys said. Austin, with those numbers in mind, and considering you did not play against Hawaii, which, by the way, I am convinced that if you had played in that game, BYU wins the bowl game. How do you look back on that experience? Do you feel like BYU would have won the bowl game had you played with that type of presence in the defensive backfield? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we, we've had, we have some great safeties that were able to come in. Um, and, I mean, do I think I could have made a difference? 100%. Um, think I could have helped? Yes. But, I mean, overall, it's a team effort game. And that's what I love about football is that it's a team game. And so um, if, if all three, si- three phases isn't working with special teams and offense and defense, we're not working together. Nothing's going to work. And so – do I think we could have done a lot more uh, things different in the first half? Absolutely. But overall, um, you know, unfortunately I couldn't play and I wasn't up to the a hundred percent. And so we had guys that were able to do it and do it better than what I could have done at the time. Does the hamstring feel good? Are you, uh, are you back to a hundred? The hamstring does feel good. I'm a hundred percent. You know, I was able to just get a ton of rehab in, uh, Jordan Pendleton was my trainer and he's dealt with a lot of injuries and seen a lot. And so he was able to kind of help me and train for, for that specifically and kind of balance it with rehab as well and prehab. And, and so I, I really took care of my body um, during this process and understand how important it is to, to keep, keep care of your body. And so it's a hundred percent at this moment. And I'm, I'm excited. Former BYU safety Austin Lee with us on BYU Sports Nation. What are your emotions like as the draft approaches just a few days away? Man, it's it's exciting, obviously, but it's also like like I'm anxious. Like you have no idea what could happen, and uh, it's it's a stressful situation. But overall, it's exciting, and and I'm just excited. Like I, I don't know what else. I mean, it's a roller coaster of emotions, but but it will be a good time come Saturday. 
Being drafted would certainly be amazing, right? Uh, but it's not necessarily the only path to success in the NFL. BYU has a safety that was undrafted that just won a Super Bowl on Daniel Sorensen. So um, do you expect to get drafted? Does it, does it matter to you how you get to the NFL? You know what? I, I don't know what to expect right now. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to keep my head. Expect, I don't know what to expect. Like I just, uh, it could be drafted, it could be undrafted. And I don't care because I know whichever route I go, I will be able to be successful in that. And I, I feel like I can be very impactful for a team, whether that's, um, you know, drafted or not, you're going to have to earn your spot no matter what. And so I feel like I'm a guy that can come in, can, can, contribute with my knowledge and my skill set and be successful in wherever I land. Is Daniel Sorensen a sort of example of what could happen with you? Is, is he a guy you've chatted with? Uh, I mean, I've, I've talked to him not recently or anything. I've talked to him about a few years ago when he was just doing workouts at BYU and stuff. And uh, it was just, you know, talking about the NFL, obviously how it's a business. And, um, but obviously he's someone I look up to and, and seeing his story and his success story, you know, being undrafted, but being able to find success on a team and uh, make big, impactful plays, like it's, it's very motivating for me and, and inspiring as well. What's the best advice you've received from a current NFL player or former NFL player as you prepare for all of this? You know what? Um, I, I actually would go back to when my co- coach Hadley actually had Daniel Sorensen come in when he first became safety's coach and he had him talk to us as a safety unit. And one of the advice that kind of stuck with me is just being present. Um, and he talked about specifically when you're at football, be at football, when you're at home, be at home, when you're at school, be at school. And I felt like that was something that I was able to learn and, you know, take a part of my life, especially throughout college. You know, I'm, I'm married. I have two kids and I had a lot of things I had to juggle. And so being president and what he shared with that piece of advice really helped me to be able to balance what I wanted to do and, and how I wanted to reach my goals with football, with being a better father, being a better husband and, and, um, you know, obviously school to earn my degree. And so it, it was a really good piece of advice that I was able to learn and balance and schedule my time. Just do that, have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, and you win a Super Bowl, right? It's like that easy. <laughs> right. right, Austin? Right. <laughs> your self-pro day numbers were impressive. Um, you, you would have at the NFL Combine. You would have been uh, fourth in the shuttle run, fourth in the vert, seventh in the broad jump, tied for third in the three-cone drill. 40-yard dash would have been 12th at 459. What, uh, how did, what did you feel went well, and what did, were you hoping was a little higher from your numbers? You know, I – I was just happy with, with my numbers. Obviously I came off with a, with a hamstring injury. And so we didn't do a ton of testing. And so I didn't know what to expect. And these times were all lasered. They weren't just, um, they were verified by someone that actually ran the combine. Um, Zybeck sports is the, is the people that run the combine and it's, and it's a lasered start with a laser finish. And so, I mean, I didn't know what to expect. Um, being being as you know that that time is going to obviously make you a little bit slower with how it's ran the shuttle runs the three cone they were all they were all laser time um but i was really pleased with obviously how i jumped with my 40 inch vertical and i made a lot of progress with even my bench i'm usually a guy that that when i was healthy before my shoulder injury would hit in the 20 ranges but obviously 
um, after a shoulder injury, I, I didn't know what to expect. And I, I was really pleased with being able to get back up to my full strength. Austin, if you were making a pitch to any NFL team, because you talked about making impactful plays and that you feel like you can be a benefit to every NFL team, what specifically would you say to them of uh, how you can help them right now? That, I mean, I, I keep going off of like how I feel like I'm a knowledgeable guy. I mean, everyone's got the talent, everyone's got the ability, everyone's got the speed and, and um, athleticism. I believe I have that, but I believe that's something that, I can come into a team contribute right away is my knowledge. Um, being able to pick up a playbook, especially during this time where you're not going to have uh, training camps to prepare for, you're going to have to come in and be, be ready to go. And I'm a guy that can be able to learn the system really fast, uh, be able to put guys in the right spot, in the right place, and not be afraid of being, being vocal about it. Um, being letting guys know where, where they need to be lined up and, and how they need to run and play. And so, so I'm a guy that, that knows and has, has knowledge of what I need to do and will be able to come in and contribute right away. And I believe I can be very impactful day one I come in. And even, even on special teams as well, that's a, that's a big thing that I take pride in. And, and I will be more than happy to be able to contribute. Austin, we can't wait to see what happens. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the NFL draft madness. Of course, stay safety. We wish you and your family good health, and we'll talk to you again soon, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You got it. Austin Lee on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Pro Football Focus ranked the top 100 players in college football last year. BYU had two, number 95, Brady Christensen, and number 86, the highest-ranked player from BYU, was Austin Lee. That guy. Was Austin Lee. I, I don't think a lot of fans would say that Austin Lee was the best player on the team, but Pro Football Focus says he is the highest-graded player. They, they certainly say he's the most impactful, right? He was very impactful, and you saw what happened against Hawaii in the first half, right? Coming up, Will Stanley on being named a first-team All-American yesterday. Plus, who was the best to ever wear the number two in a BYU jersey? This is BYU Sports Nation. Make sure to check out the BYU TV and BYU Radio's newest show. It's called VoiceOver with Greg and Shep. Episodes with Utah Jazz TV play-by-play Craig Bowlerjack and ESPN and Pac-12 broadcaster Roxy Bernstein are on demand on the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel as well as Facebook and Instagram. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. This is BYU Sports Nation, and you know what time it is. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Mark Pope is atop the list on CBS Sports' compilation of 2019's most immediately successful hires. Cougars went 24 and 8, took second in the Wukika, were ranked in the top 25 for the first te- time in nine seasons, and would have been a sixth seed in most credible projections. The new BYU Utah basketball extension has a buyout of $250,000 detailed in the contract. That's up from the oft-discussed Larry 80K buyout in 2016. Football. That's also how much you get from kids, huh? The NCAA <laughs> announces new rule changes. Among them, a player ejected for targeting can remain on the sideline rather than be sent off the field. Instant replay will be limited to two minutes, except reviews that are exceptionally complicated or involve end-of-game issues should be completed as efficiently as possible without a stated time limit. First down. Only two players can wear the same number, and number zero can be worn now. Uh, I'm interested to see who's going to wear number zero. I'm guessing uh, a lineman or something. And now the referee's jurisdiction starts 30 minutes early to 90 minutes before kick instead of 60. 
Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson says no football or any other sport for that matter in the Mountain West Conference will happen this fall if campuses are not open to students. So he doesn't want empty stadiums and he doesn't want empty classrooms. I hope neither of those come to fruition. And Boise State announces yesterday it will furlough some of their coaches on the football team, including Brian Harson and most of his staff due to revenue losses from COVID-19. Furlough will be up to 10 days, depending on salary, of no pay, in which time coaches will not be able to work. I had somebody ask me, why are you talking about the Mountain West Conference again? Because BYU has two Mountain West Conference opponents, three, correction, Mountain West Conference opponents on the 2020 football schedule. Because it's the ex-wife, that's why. It happens. There's that too. It happens. (laughs) Sometimes you go on Facebook, you know? That's, That's what Twitter is with the Mountain West. Okay. Transition out of that. Uh, I am going to do that. <laughs> and whoosh, clear the slate. Let's roll out the best to wear it. Each day we look at the best athlete to ever wear a given jersey number at BYU. We started from the bottom. Now we're here at number two. Two. There you go. Uh, Mike Wall is the best ever wear it. Men's volleyball player. He was an opposite. 99-02. This guy was legit. Number one in BYU history and kills per set at 4.86. Now, he, he played two years Woo. in the side-out era and two years in the rally era. In the rally era, he has five of the top ten kill games. He's number six all-time in total kills, three-time all-conference honoree, two-time national champ, 99 and 01. He was the main guy on the 01 team in terms of main opposite. They had lots of weapons, three dudes with 400-plus kills. Well, Sean awesome. Olmstead might say he was the main guy in that 01 team. Okay. Uh, <laughs> members of... Two regular season MPSF championship teams, two NCAA championship teams, as mentioned. 2016 BYU Hall of Famer. He's still a USA Volleyball men's team staffer. He works with Gold Medal Squared as well. Mike Wall was the truth, man. So I'm supposed to be impressed with all that? Because I am. Yeah, he was awesome. Yes, Mike and Wall we've had him on the show. is incredible and a very well-deserving recipient of the best to ever wear at number two. That said, Jerem, there is... A case for BYU football's all-time leading receiver, Cody Hoffman. Absolutely. He quite literally is the best to ever wear it when you consider he's number one in career receiving yards, career touchdowns, career catches, career all-purpose yards, and the single-game record for touchdown catches with five. Including this one against Georgia Tech in 2013 at home. Hoffman compiled 260 catches between 09 and 2013 for over 3,600 yards, 33 career touchdowns, 18.2 yards per catch, Jerem. Cody's awesome. I loved Cody. He was so fun to watch. He was a power five receiver that was undervalued out of high school that BYU got. And he could hang with who BYU played. He could make those catches against good defenders. I still feel, however, that Austin Colley is the greatest receiver ever play at BYU. He only played three years, and I think that Cody would have approximated Austin, but probably not past Austin, and a lot of those had Austin stayed for four years. But I do love me some Cody Hoppin. Yeah, he's Hoppin, awesome. 18 games with 100-plus receiving yards. He's not 18! A, he's not a two-time national champion or All-American like Mike Wall, but it's tougher to do those things in football than men's volleyball just based on the number of teams and players competing in those given sports. Yeah, yeah. No, great number twos, and there have been some awesome number twos at BYU. So. And Austin Lee was a number two at BYU, Jerem. Well, there you go. We talked to him earlier in the game. Fantastic. Coming up in the game. This is a game to us. It's a show, I guess. Coming up, new NCA uh, college football rules. We'll break them down a little more. What are big deals? And we'll talk with another volleyball All-American. Will Stanley joins us on BYU Sports Nation.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and some old BYU sports games. Get your BYU fix on the BYU TV app today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We now welcome in a volleyball All-American in 2020, Will Stanley of number one ranked BYU men's volleyball on Skype via the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Will, it's great to talk to you again, albeit over Skype. Congratulations first team on being a first-team yeah, All-American. That's pretty man. cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, one of two setters to do it, and you're one of three on your team to be named to the first team. So what do those awards mean to you? You know, I mean, it, it it's nice to kind of see the guys get recognized nationally and especially with kind of the season we've had. But, I mean, it really does – it's a testament to our team and how – how well we came into it, you know, at the beginning of the year, all 19 of us and just kind of going to work. And, and, you know, the three of us aren't where we are without, you know, the guys behind us pushing us and in practice every day. So I think, I think this is more of a team award than it is an individual award. Yes. The three of us are individuals who got recognized, but, but we don't get to that point without, you know, you know, Brody pushing me and, and, you know, Alex pushing Gabby and, and all the other outsides pushing Davide and Zach. So, I mean, I think, just taking it as a, you know, it's, it's a fruits of our labor and seeing all this, you know, all this getting recognized, but it really isn't just us three. It's, it's the whole team and, and how well we did as a team this year. Speaking of behind you, did you guys, did you just do the dishes? Is that a washcloth drying behind you? Oh yeah. That's a washcloth drying behind me. It's breakfast and, and, you know, it's the kitchen, you know, college apartment. It's my only table. In the world, <laughs> so I like the splash of I, color that you've added to the scenery. I, I love it, dude. Yeah, it's, it's floral. It's Hawaiian floral. You know, I'm bringing a little bit of home I was going to ask. Yeah. You look like you got a haircut. I need a haircut. Where'd you get your haircut? You know, so you might remember him, Jaren, but uh, the GCU middle, Alex Smelliff, the the, rush, the bald guy. Yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Said he could cut hair. Said it was his first time doing it, so I went and had him cut my hair. You know? <laughs> my hair it looks good for his first time. He's he's around. Yeah, his first haircut. Yeah, he's he lives in Utah. So I mean, it was you know I see him or I've seen him around, talked to him about playing volleyball. So he was he was there, and I I talked to him about it. He's like, yeah, I can cut your hair. That's that's right. He went to Slick or something. Some story that I'm trying to remember, but yeah, okay. I may have to exchange numbers with you later. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's talk about um, not only the the All Americans, but what was it like to? And you've done this for a couple of years now, but what was it like to set guys like Gabby Garcia Fernandez and Davide Gardini and Zach Eschenberg, two on the first team All American, and then one honorably mentioned in Zach? So all three pinheaders All Americans. You know, I mean, I, I remember going into the beginning of the year and, and talking to Sean about you know what our options were this year and, and who we had on the pins, and it was just like, hey, you know, you you can be a first team all American if you're, if you're able to set these guys and, and, you know, and you have this like trust and this faith in me that I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I'm going to set guys who are physical, big athletes. And it's, I, I told a lot of, every time people ask me like, Hey, like you had a great game setting. I was like, I mean, I could close my eyes and set the ball. And, and I mean, I was going to get a kill most of the time with who I had hitting. So, you know, it's, it's always nice to have guys who are big physical and, and go up and just can hit any set you give them. And, and, you know, we, we built a strong relationship over the year, I think. And, over the past couple of years, especially me, Zach, David, and Gabby, just because we played together so much and and we've been together for two years now, it's just you know you have it's kind of like that quarterback receiver relationship where you have to you know you have to be on the same page with all the time. So being able to to build that relationship off the court was a big thing for the three of us this year. BYU volleyball first team All American setter Will Stanley with us on BYU Sports Nation. I think every volleyball fan wants to know. 
if you are coming back officially to make another run at it after you had your senior season cut short, Will? You know, we I'm on a good page with Brian and a good page with Sean, and, and we're, we've are we talked about it, and, um, you know, I've scheduled my classes for the fall, so uh, I'll be back. I'm ready to go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. let's go. yeah. That's great. That's like the you best. It's just there's a lot, you know. I mean, we couldn't – we couldn't – I couldn't – me personally, I couldn't end my BYU career not knowing what could have happened, you know. And, and BYU has given me so much. And, and I've just – the best thing I could do for me is, you know, to come back and be able to push for a national championship and try to bring a national championship back to BYU. This is great news. And part of the experience for us still doing the show live is we're asking athletes that were seniors, are you coming back? And they say yes, or some have you know, said no, and they're moving on. So it's been cool that way. Do you feel like you would have won the national title? Do you feel like you would have matched up with Hawaii uh, in a couple weeks here, and it would have been round three at George Mason? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the way just the way we progressed and the way we were playing, we never really looked at the season as wins and losses. It was, you know, like, can we get better every game? And I think that mindset helped us to just, you know, push. And, and I think with the way we were getting better every single game and learning from our even after that loss in Hawaii, you know, you could tell that week of practice was it was, you know, it wasn't oh we just lost to Hawaii. It was we have to get ready for Stanford and we're going to, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to do our best against Stanford. So I think I mean. It would have been exciting. I think it was going to be us, you know, Hawaii, Santa Barbara, down there in the end and, and competing for a national championship. And I felt like, you know, with the mindset we had and, and the talent we had, I think it's it's tough to say that we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't be there. We wouldn't be fighting for a national championship, you know, in the next in two weeks. Have you had adequate time to process through the unexpected and unprecedented shutdown of your season? Or are you still kind of working through those emotions? You know, the first the first couple of weeks for sure when, when just everything started to kind of fall apart with, you know, just school and, and the season and it was it was tough. You know, guys we would try to get together and it's nice that, you know, I have Mickey and Link who live with me to be able to, you know, talk through it with them. But the first couple of weeks were hard and then once you you know, we we've been talking to Craig still and getting, you know, having Craig Manning come in and, and give us, you know, his tips and, and mental strength stuff and just being able to kind of push through that and you know, it's, that's out of our control and it's in the past. So now it's, you know, what can we focus on in the present, you know, getting better. So I started, you know, working out every day, doing anything I can to just, you know, get my mind off of what had happened. And that's, that's been a big thing for me is just, you know, getting in and doing a workout every day, just so I'm ready. You know, I can be ready in the fall because my summer was cut short last year because of the injury and rehabbing. So now that I can start my summer workouts, you know, in March, instead of June, June or July, like it's, it's just like, Hey, I can be this much better for August. So that's kind of where I'm at now. And I think I've processed it and, and, you know, I've gotten everything out and it's just, let's get ready for next year. I need to take some of that advice because I looked in my phone and saw that the MPSF semifinals would be tomorrow night and uh, likely in Provo. Right. And I'm like, Oh man, come on. I don't want to see that. Let's finish with this. <laughs> Will. Um, we're waiting to hear about the ABCA national coach of the year, perhaps Sean Olmstead, and tomorrow the ABCA national player of the year, perhaps Gabby Garcia Fernandez. Make the case for those two to win those awards. You know, for, for Sean, it's, I mean, you just look at our performance from the last two years. I think we, we didn't change anybody, no personnel changes, no coaching staff changes, and, and we went from being a, you know, subpar 500 team to being the best team in the country, you know, 17-1, best, almost the best attacking team in the country. And, and it's just, Sean's such a good, I mean, Sean's such a good player coach. I think anybody that, that's looking at, you know, BYU and you want a coach who's going to understand you and, and put you in the best spot, I think Sean's the best person for that. He's just, you know, he's, he's approachable, he's personable, and, and he, he makes sure that you're getting the right, you know, coaching when you need it. And, and I mean, with Gabby, it's, 
I, for me, I mean, I'm looking at this and, you know, biasly, but how can you, how can Gabby not be player of the year? I mean, he led the country in aces. I mean, the, you watch any of our games, if we're not siding out, you know, you said Gabby and Gabby's going to get a kill and, and just get his leadership off the court is something that a lot of people don't see. And just, he's, you know, he's keeping people on track and, and he, he does stuff for other people that, you know, you don't, coaches aren't there. He, you know, he doesn't, you know, see that and they don't see that, but Gabby's there, you know, helping us out, getting extra reps. And I think it's, it's, for me, it's tough to see Gabby not win player of the year with, with the stats he has, but also just as the teammate he is and, and what he does to help the you know the program. Like if he had had 12 aces at Hawaii, maybe he's like, you know, unanimous, but he only had 11, right? And those <laughs> only had 11 in two games. So yeah. I think I had 11 all season. So. <laughs> <laughs> Will, it's great to catch up with you, man. Congratulations again on a fantastic season and can't tell you how thrilled and excited we are that you're coming back to BYU for more. Thanks, guys. I can't wait. Thanks. You're going to be a good one. All right, Will Stanley via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. I love Will. A lot of uh, volleyball pedigree is that John played here, played in the Olympics, uh, played basketball as well. Um, still known in the senior circuits as, uh, you know, half-brother. Clay was an unbelievable player in the world too. So he's made a name for himself. Pretty cool. Coming up, another reminder of why BYU isn't uh, going back to the Mountain West Conference in tension. And who's going to rock the number zero in football? Is that really a big deal with BYU Sports Nation? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You probably already know this, but just in case you don't, the show is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Yeah, just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast. You can uh, download it, subscribe, rate, and review. I need some big deal, no deal in my life now. Big deal, no deal. Presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Today's big deal, no deal focuses on the new NCAA rules for next season. So, Jerem, number one, big deal. In the football. No deal in college football. Players ejected for targeting are now allowed to remain on the sideline. I think that's a big deal. I joked earlier in the show they wore this sort of scarlet letter and were mocked if it was a road game. As Put a paper right? bag on your I, head and go to the locker room. Yeah, they're not a Browns fan, for goodness sake. Come on, or the Bungles. Um, hey, th- no, I, I think it's good that they can stay on the sideline. I want to see if someone tries to come in the game, though. That'd be funny. I like that. Wait a minute. I hate that targeting is a thing and it's you hate that it's a thing well I you think hate... they should be able to go head to head what do you mean okay let me explain i feel like a lot of players that don't mean to target get ejected and it's 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 a frustrating thing like sure. if it's blatant and it's obvious that bothers me but you know so any exception that they can make yeah it's a big deal and this has nothing to do with the actual foul it's the repercussions yeah if it, if it's inadvertent and you have to go to the locker room and you can't be with your teammates like that's double win yeah i don't like the you're shunned leave like i think no this is the right move yeah uh, second one, big deal, no deal. Instant replays now uh, are now limited to two minutes. I would argue they're not instant if they're two minutes, unless the review is exceptionally complicated or involves an end-of-game issue. I would say this is a big deal, but because there's that stipulation there, like who's ruling if it's exceptionally complicated? Who is it? Is it the replay official? I would. 
Like, if this were like, a, hey, it's two minutes regardless, yeah, that would be a big deal. But, like, I feel like there's a huge loophole there. Yeah, I say no deal because, yeah, too much gray area. Yet, I don't want every little thing defined. I don't want the Pharisees ruling college football here. Let's go. Okay. They already kind of do. Big deal, no deal. Officials now have jurisdiction of a game 90 minutes prior to kickoff to help avoid any pregame incidents. No deal. Who cares? You think the, you think some refs out there? Are they going to have flags <laughs> on them and go, hey! They opened the game order. an hour and a half ago. This player did this 15 yard penalty. First down. <laughs> like, stop It'll it. It'll be put it, applied to the kickoff. <laughs> All right. Last one. Big deal. No deal. Only two players on a team allowed to wear the same Jersey number. And now players can wear the number zero. Uh, the same Jersey number. No, don't care. Zero. Yeah. Big deal. They've, no one's been able to wear zero in football. I think that's fun. I want someone to wear zero and make a big play just so I can say from zero to hero. Yeah. Anchor boy strikes again. Yes. Yes. Our elite voice of the day answering this question, which BYU coach had the best first year ever as a head coach in any sport in Provo at BYU underscore Jared 98 says hot take Heather Olmstead. She led the team to a 28 and three season and a share of the conference title won coach of the year and made a run in the NCAA tournament of the sweet 16. BYU has some really good coaches and that's an awesome thing. Today's rise and shout outs. Mine goes to the one team. I didn't forget. I just re-remembered like Andy Pettit uh, or misremembered that they were incredible and led the country in points and yards. And Luke Staley was amazing. Yeah. My goes to Dave Rose. Speaking of coaches who did amazing things in their first year, Dave Rose inherited a basketball team that was nine and 21 after Steve Cleveland got BYU to 20 wins and an appearance in the NIT. That's an 11 game positive. The only time in a uh, one and done in the NIT is acceptable when you have a losing record and then you go, boom, it was better. Kind of like Bronco taking the losing team from Gary Croton and just getting to a bowl game, right? Six yeah, and six. six and six. Yeah. Our thanks to today's guests, Austin Lee and Will Stanley. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, no time. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Russell Holmes. We'll see you on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Go Cougs. What's up, Holmes?